Aloha, everyone, and welcome to Aquarium Radio at AquariumRadio.com. And I'm your host, Janet Carolesson, with my co-host, Karen Christine Patrick. And this is an episode of Future Trek. Oh, I have to pull, I have to do our intro for Future Trek. I keep forgetting we have a new intro that Karen Patrick created. Sorry about that, Karen. Oops, I got to click you on. There we go. Oh, maybe I need and to find the script and read it again for you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I have it here somewhere. Um, anyway, let's see. We, our guest today is Geraldine Orozco. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and we'll have her correct us in a moment here if that is wrong. And Geraldine, on October 15th of 2013, she experienced a vivid abduction from her bedroom window uh, where she recounts being taken on board a ship in which she meets tall grays, not the short grays, tall grays, and they show her eight hybrid children, um, and they showed her a string of intriguing information. And upon her return, she realized that this experience uh, resulted in hypersensitivity to the human electromagnetic, yeah, say it again, electromagnetic field. And this discovery initiated a journey to find out the truth about what happened. So she reached out to a hypnotherapist to undergo regression. And she found, what she found was way more than she was prepared to learn. Her first hypnotherapy session was in June of 2017 and resulted in the discovery of repeated abductions originating in her childhood. But why, why were they taking her at such an early age? So she recounts her abductions through her regression to which she is surprised with a channeling of information regarding the universe and ancient DNA alterations here on planet Earth that it operate to, uh, to seize and control the population through a hidden government. Ooh, this will be good. <laughs> but her journey does not end there. So she underwent a second regression in November 10, 2017, and she traveled deep into the creation of the universe and trace the origins of our human race back to ancient alien races. So diving deep into each abduction in order to understand the reasons behind the hybridization program here on Earth and how they operate among this program among humans. And she, uh, in addition, she learned about her own origins. And she has an ability to see the multidimensional body as an intuitive product healer and she does meditation and ascension coaching, and she works internationally as well as locally in the San Francisco Bay Area. So she has some YouTubes, and I apologize. I was doing everything I can to get her page up on AquarianRadio.com, but my website is down. Not a good thing, but we're working on it, and we'll have that back in a day or so. Uh, Karen, what would you like to say before we bring on Geraldine? Oh, wow, I'm really, really excited to hear this story because i got some parallels in my own life, and I know people listening are going to get uh, triggered, hopefully in a positive way, about, you know, kind of what's going on. I've had It's amazing how many conversations I've had in the last uh, week about this concept of an overt, you know, society, science, um, space program, all of that, and a covert one. And so many people are experiencers of the covert kind of the like government style or also the ET question. So bring it on. It's awesome. Yes, yes. And Geraldine, um, 
Karen and I are both experiencers. Uh, Karen, we're, we're going to interject some of our stuff as it correlates with yours. But you have some different angles here that I, I'm delighted to explore. So welcome to our show, Geraldine. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Janet and Karen. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. We're excited to uh, learn more. So I have a question. I have a couple questions. Uh, You had eight hybrid children. Did they ever explain, and you're not that old, right? (laughs) Did they ever explain how they do that? Yes. Oh, it's yeah, not like you had absolutely. And had to wait 8, 10, 12 years to have all this stuff. How, how did they explain that to you, what was going on there? Okay, so the hybridization program is actually something that's very, very important and something that I really am keen on, on explaining to people about my personal experience and maybe shedding some light on other people that have experienced the same thing. And, of course, you both are experiencers as well. Um, I've actually had a total of 24 hybrid children, um, and I have been a part of, of three different separate hybridization programs. And um, throughout those three programs um, and the different sessions, I just received another uh, regression that I have done this last week with the uh, great Nisha Johnson. And um, oh. in that session, yes, it was incredible. Nisha's wonderful. Um, I was I able love Nisha. to go a little bit. Yeah, she's incredible, and she's also has had, um, you know, quite a lot of experience as well. So it was great working with her from that perspective. Um, she, what we went into a little bit deeper was talking about um, the three different hybridization programs and what exactly defines the hybridization program. My thought about the hybridization program was that it was just maybe a couple races manipulating uh, DNA alterations. I mean, honestly, before all of this, I started getting into any of this, literally this year, Janet, um, I really uh-huh. didn't understand anything at all about the program wow. or what was happening to people or anything. It wasn't until my regression in June where things started to come back, and then the second regression um, in, uh, in November that, oh, boy. I mean, I literally went through um, eight of my different abductions vividly remembering and recalling how they, um, you know, inseminated, subtracted what they did to me. It was very vivid, and um, that helped me understand many different aspects of what was occurring there. So I'll go into a little bit about the um, hybridization program. Um, Usually the way it works is, you know, they they create an insemination. Um, This can be done either um, by abducting you, literally taking you out into their ship, and they will inseminate on the ship, or um, they will also create um, what they call like a screening, holographic screening of an image of, of something familiar to you, and they will, you know, um, create like a, uh, what is it called? But basically you're going to be um, it, having intercourse with a being or whatever they are creating with you, and they can screen it so it looks like something that's similar for you. Or uh, interdimensionally they pull you out and then inseminate in that way. Okay, so those okay, are the let me three let me slow down. Have... Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question sure. about mm-hmm. insemination. So, are yes. they actually taking a sperm of another species? Are they re- taking out your egg? And you know, I was part of the. Um, I was trying to get pregnant on human terms, right? I couldn't conceive. Yes. 
they would take my mm-hmm. egg out and then they would mix it in a petri dish with the sperm and then they would put the fertilized egg back in. Um, then there's insemination. From what I understand, insemination is actually just um, vaginally injecting sperm. But what do you mean by insemination in terms of the extraterrestrials? Are they taking sperm from uh, other extraterrestrials? And are these strictly greys or are they reptilians? Or what, what species are they breeding you with? That's, let's break this down. What species are they yeah. breeding you with? Awesome question. First of all, when I'm, when I, yeah, absolutely. When I, when I'm talking about insemination, I'm literally talking about them inserting the, 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 I guess what we know as semen, right, into the body and actually uh, inseminating inside of the womb of a female, of, 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 of myself, okay. And they've done it different ways. Um, it's been done through inserting some kind of a machine, like a mechanical. Um, you know, like a, like a mechanical arm, and then it would inseminate inside of the body, and that has happened a couple times. And um, that then it may is that a, that a using, vaginal insemination, or do they yeah. go through your your uh, uterine wall? Vaginal. Okay. This is this is vaginal. This is vaginal. Okay. And the way that it works is that they will do that now. Now. Talking about the DNA, now this is a very complex thing, and I really just now became aware of how this works based on the experience and based on the information that I received from the regression recently, is that the way that they do it is that they are really mixing several different kinds of alien races. It's not just one. Depending on what kind of agenda they are working on, it'll be a combination of alien races. But what we have to understand is, you know, well, let me start here. First of all, I was part of three different um, hybridization programs. Number one, with the Pleiadians. And with the Pleiadians, I had eight children, which are, uh, you know, publicly visible. Like I have that on my YouTube channel and everything to show them what I saw. And I was able to see four of those eight children in person. And, um, and they were beautiful, whatever you want, all of those, you know, incredible images of those children with big eyes, with beautiful faces. Um, and, and from those children, one of them was more reptilian type. So what does that tell you? That tells you um, a couple of things. Number one, that even within the Pleiadian agenda, we're not just talking about a certain DNA which links to a very specific race. And we define maybe the Pleiadians as these beautiful Nordic beings, but truly the Pleiadians also have mixed DNA with many other races. So you can have reptilians, you can have um, graves within the Pleiadian race. And that's what I've seen among, uh, um, amongst many different regressions that I've done now. Mm-hmm. So let, let me ask you something on that, okay? Just from a, I like to slow things down. <laughs> um, sure, so, sure. you know, um, Semen is uh, typically the, something that comes from one one person, like one male. But you could have like an admixture of DNA, which within the DNA they can. Uh, it's more like genetic manipulation, and in the genetic manipulation they can enhance or add DNA from other species, just like we're doing now. Humans are doing this in our own labs. We're mixing uh, the uh, DNA from a, a cat with uh, something like a glowworm, and then the cat glows, right? So they have Correct. that ability. So you're, you're saying 
that they went anyway. So how do you know exactly what you're doing? You're receiving some kind of mixture vaginally. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how do you know what they're doing? If they're doing uh, strict semen that they retrieve from something else. So I've heard of uh, experiencers, mm-hmm. you know, they, they took a, uh, like a cow and they, they took a human and they inseminated the cow with human DNA. I don't know what they were doing, but there has been these horror stories, right? How do you know what they're inseminating? Because I've had this happen to me where I was mm-hmm. um, copulating with a being I'd never mm-hmm. heard of before. It, was, it, it had a very strange penis. But then there's, there's mm-hmm. sometimes you, you receive the child and it's through, you know, some kind of, uh, they disinserted into your, your uterus. Or uh, I don't think that I was getting the vaginal insemination much like you're talking about. It was more something mm-hmm. else was going on. So, but the vaginal insemination, do you think it was pure from another species, like direct, like here's a, I, mean, I don't know, in the other room they had somebody, they were taking their semen and then they brought it over to your room and put it in? Or do you think that they mixed it up with other things before they inserted it within into you vaginally? Yes, I have uh, experienced the two different kinds. The number one where they actually modified the DNA, let's say like they did on a Petri dish, and then inseminate that egg into the body for it to, uh, for it to incubate for a week or for you know, a couple of weeks, and then remove the fetus when it's ready to be removed. So I've been part of that one. Right. I've also been a part of them having um, been made to copulate with another man, or which was looked like a man, but it was actually... A, a screen image of an of a I don't know an extraterrestrial or, or an AI of some sort, but um, that experience was made very vivid to me during the regression. So that was one way of them doing it, and another way of them doing it was um, with a second um, hybridization program that I was part of, which seems to be a part of a reptilian. Um, program that was um, they are called a mother reptilian race which are one of the oldest reptilian races in our you know matrix galaxy creation that we have that we that we are living in and with that specific one they had inserted intravenous and through the body some kind of a um, some kind of a, a body suit inside that kind of encloses what they are going to insert into the body to create the child, to incubate. And it's because the vibration of that creation that they're putting inside of you is at a much different vibration than you are humanly possible, humanly capable of of sustaining. So that was another way. I don't know if you're familiar, if you've heard of that, but that was was something that I um, experienced both physically because I became extremely sick. Uh Uh-huh, yes. So they put it intravenous, so that means into your bloodline, into your bloodstream? Correct. They put, okay. Yes. What they put was actually some kind of a gooey substance inside of the body that created like, an, like, an, like a body suit inside of the body. And then that, being, that covering and that coating my entire uterus, my entire, I, I'm not sure like how far the, the body extends that 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 substance that they put in, but all the way up into the center of my chest and down over my, my uterus, my stomach, all my organs, coating everything to protect and maintain the vibration of that, those organs at a certain level so that I can um, 
incubate the the you know the 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 what is it called the DNA fetus um, uh, or child that they're going to inseminate inside of me. That sounds something like Joey and Richard describes. Uh, they have a breeding program with the Velociraptor type. They look they look like uh, you know um, dinosaurs, and they uh, they're actually exactly, very highly yeah. intelligent. And so a human can bear this little dinosaur child, and actually there are some humans are kind of married to this uh, uh, dinosaur king, Velociraptor type being. Um, and he has both human wives, and he's more he's more like a um, uh, what do you call it? not monogamous. He's um, he has many many wives, right? And some of his are human, oh some God. of his okay. are <laughs> dinosaurs. But the the uh, the human women, when they give birth, the child looks like the dinosaur, the version, but it does have within it mm-hmm. human DNA. So it's a hybrid. But Correct. Sometimes the resemblance is. is uh, Dominant to one or the other, you know. So a human woman can have a dinosaur child, but it's got human DNA, but it yeah, looks like, just like the father. No resemblance to her at all. Yeah. yeah, it sounds it sounds fantastic. Trust me, I know. And, and to be honest, I um they, these are nine that I have not looked at. Nine children I've had in this agenda, in this specific agenda, and I, I was not able to see them in regression at all. I wasn't able to see those two other ones. And during this last regression, I was told that, um, or I saw that they're because they're they're creations that we could not possibly comprehend. That's all I know. So if you've heard of it being with a dinosaur type of race, I mean, maybe that's something similar to what I was in. Um, but I did not see them, you know, or, or right. what they look like. like. They're I just, just know... using the, they're just using yeah. the human womb to carry uh, their species. But it's impossible when you have something that you're growing since you're sharing a central mm-hmm. bloodstream, right? Then the child mm-hmm. gets mitochondrial DNA. It all it always gets some mitochondrial DNA from the host, the mother, Correct. that's bearing the child. Correct. So it so it becomes more human like I guess um, because of carried by and and also there's an exchange of DNA through um, nursing apparently so that's one of the things the gods he said uh, it was a great honor if you were nursed at the breast of a goddess you know a female god mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. somehow you received some of her DNA okay so this is fascinating thank you for. Mm-hmm. Uh, slowing it down and allowing me to ask questions because uh, I've heard thousands mm-hmm. of stories. So this is so you had the the first program was the Pleiadian and they're humanoid, but they are humanoid. The, yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they even have some reptilian. So they have some hybrid, uh, first generation hybrid. Let's just say that, and then they come in and have children with humans. So that's a another injection of, of uh, humanoid-type DNA. Okay, so what's the third program? So the third program was with another reptilian um, agenda, but this reptilian was a different vibration. And um, this reptilian uh, was made to, to create some kind of um, what we want to call it. Like, like, for example, on Earth, we have, we have heard of... Um, people mixing with military, with uh, military hybridization programs 
to create, you know, my lab and altered altered humans that kind of carry out very specific agendas within within our um, you know, government and our and our creation here. But what what I was involved in, the third one was with the reptilians that were creating something similar to my to my lab. Um, like a product of what my lab would create here on this on this planet, but in order to carry out um, you know agendas on this planet and other planets in which they are absorbing the energy of the human soul and so this brings me to another very complex thing and wow. aspect about the whole DNA structure of of this and what they 're doing. Okay, I mean, the whole point of the hybridization program from what I have seen and what I've experienced and what I understand is that, number one, the human soul is a very interesting essence of source creation, source essence. And because it's an it's a essence of source, it is um, a creative force. It's an expansive creative force, okay? Um, what it looks like is that um, there, it seems to be almost like there is two dualities in the existence of our creation. One is source, and the other is like a matrix galaxy, matrix universe in which we, we're living in right now. Okay, And that being said, we can go into it deeper, and we will, but um, this matrix um, galaxy that we are living in is made up of AI, as well as um, beings that do not have that creative source essence as a soul. And this is why it seems that they are uh, trying to create these many, many complex hybridization programs to take that DNA, because DNA is so incredibly um, important. And And it was shown to me as if it was almost like a currency. It's almost like a universal galactic currency at this point because of the information that it holds. And that is the whole point of them creating these hybridization programs because they are they're blending not just races but information. And so they create these cocktails of DNA, which include many different lineages, many different you know, races, in order to create or follow through with the specific agenda that they're creating. So, wow, um, wait. That, we have to mm-hmm. break down and decipher a little bit. That was a... That was a huge amount of information there. So, wow. Okay. So, because a lot of people are afraid of AI, and mm-hmm. I just, uh, my husband and I, when we talk about AI, we're neutral. We're actually, mm-hmm. I, and I'm kind of uh, very interested. So, I'm drawn to explore the um, issue of AI. I watch things like Sophia, you know, they're developing Sophia, and she's right. a handsome robot, and there's a, a show called The Humans 2.0 or something. So I'm very curious about it and relaxed because I, I know it already exists. And AI is out there and it just it runs a lot of things and it's just part of the, the totality of existence. Um, but you're saying that there is, it, it's like a currency that has extreme value. There are some species that do not have what humans have. And Correct. that that mm-hmm. is why humans are so valuable. We think that we're just Correct. whatever, but we're actually extremely mm-hmm. valuable, uh, and that's why they they perceive us as a um, an asset, a resource, a commodity. 
Is that is that what you're getting? Correct. Okay. Exactly. So. It really is just like that. Yes, it is. And so, I mean, we have to think about a more grander scale because for us, you know, we, we of course we only have the visibility of this, you know, let's say the holographic matrix world that we live in. But we live in a multidimensional universe. And the same thing that's occurring here on this planet is occurring on many different planets throughout the galaxy. And within those galaxies, you know, we, there, there is humans with the source soul essence, which are undergoing the exact same things that we are here. So, um, you know, it's a very expansive kind of thing that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So there's, mm-hmm. uh, however, in the whole grand design, for some reason, uh, the Gaia project has been known is extremely important because they're creating some kind of, it sounds like what you said, a cocktail DNA. They're creating a, a cocktail of consciousness that comes from that uh, continual birth, life, death, and reincarnation process being locked in a paradigm that we are short-lived even though we're eternal beings. There's something about the brevity and condensing it into this belief structure that, yeah, we're going to die. And because life is short, if you're going to create, you have to do it in a short time span. Like if you want to have children in a current paradigm, you better do it before you're 50 because you're less likely, or even before you're 40, because it's going to be unlikely that you can, you know, have a child not the natural way, right? Okay, so that's right. so. What would, what else would you like to see about this cocktail of DNA? And I, I got stuck on that word. Yeah. What do you mean so, by cocktail I mean, of DNA? Yeah, so I mean the cocktail of DNA refers to the different races that they are trying to combine, and what that means is the different information that they're trying to combine. What I saw in my regression is that DNA is the way the way I see it is like this: the soul source. The source soul comes into the human body with information from all of the, let's say, lifetimes that they've had, all those experiences, all that information comes into the, to the human body and then gives information um, into the blood and is organized within categories of the chakra system, which is our, you know, are you familiar with the chakra system in oh, the human body? Oh, very much so, yeah. I'm a tantra teacher. Yeah, so, <laughs> so the shock fantastic. Yeah. So, so you, yeah, so you're familiar. And so all this information that comes in from the blood is then organized in the chakra system. And that is how we are, um, you know, very, very, uh, we are kind of defined within our, uh, within our perceptions, within our, what we're doing and our network, which is our DNA network, which is our families and the people that we know and all the people that we have contractual agreements here on this planet. So all of those things are actually very connected. And um, all that information that comes into the human is, is important, but it's important within this matrix reality of, of the planet that we are currently cycling through. Okay, and then that will bring me to a whole other thing that I, I'm going to get into that. So um, regarding okay, the DNA Okay, hold cocktail, on one second. Mm-hmm. Somebody has yeah. um, their some mic that's feeding back. Uh, I'm not sure who has that. I, I turned my computer all the way off because uh, I called into the show on my cell phone. So that, but I'm still getting feedback. Are you getting feedback? I, I hear I the feel my feedback, head. yes. But I, I can hear okay. it, but I, I don't have, yeah, I don't have my computer on or anything, so. 
Okay, somewhere um, else. All right, so we'll continue. It must be somewhere else. So, yeah, let me ask Karen real quick. Uh, do you have any comments or questions before we go to the next section? Oh, no, I just, yeah, my comment would be that a couple of years ago and in, in, in going through what is going on with this hybrid program is I was told that DNA is the coin of the realm. And it seemed like this week in relation to studying the monetary system and kind of backing out from a planetary point of view, I kept getting the message, we are the value, we are the value, we are the value, mm-hmm. in the sense that mm-hmm. we have uh, like a war between uh, like fiat currency, which is based on, you know, uh, fractal the banking. We have the gold standard where we went off of. We've got all these other precious metals and other things backing up, different types of currencies, and we now have the cryptocurrency. And all of them are to create an artificial scarcity when really the value is us. We are the value. In other words, even in our fiat currency system or our other monetary systems, it is our belief in it, it is our investment in it, uh, putting our life energy into it that actually makes it real. And so, you know, I just have to say I really concur with that statement um, that it, it is us. It is the essence of us, and exactly. we are an expression of our mitochondrial DNA that goes back millions of years. So there's, and DNA holds a tremendous amount of data in it. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot going on. So go ahead. That's absolutely right. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I mean, we honestly, and I think now we are just now going to start understanding. For me, my biggest thing and my biggest message to give out, if you take anything away from this, is to understand the connection between the human body, the spiritual evolution of the human body, and how it relates to the global, universal, galactic um, you know, uh, shift that we're going to. Because everything is connected. And it's like you can't go from one end to another without having crossed those three parts of the self. It's like the three, the three aspects of the self are so important. And I think now we are coming into a unification of those three, you know, information points. Mm-hmm. So what were the three information points? I'm sorry, my neighbor got a new motorcycle and I can't hear anything but the motorcycle. Oh. Uh, say the three information points again. Yes. Hold well, on. Uh, oh. Hang out. Okay, somebody's calling. Go ahead. The three information points are. Yeah, so we need to link the. Okay. We need to link yeah. the human, the, hu- the spirituality of the human, the spiritual um, progression of the human, and understand uh-huh. our, our human body and how it works. And we need to connect that with the overall galactic understanding of how everything works, okay, because everything is connected. Yeah. Right. And uh, part of that information, if you've ever read the oh, – God, go to the voice now. Uh, if you've ever read um, the Dr. Michael Newton Institute information on where we are between lives, right? So they have 40,000 regressions that are recorded that document where we are. So we're a symbiotic creature. Uh, We have our spiritual essence and our body. Our body is actually a different, it's like we're in this um, co-creative arrangement with the body. But you're saying there's a, the galactic level too? Is that what you're saying? Well, 
Well, within the physical, well, within this realm, we have our higher self, our physical self, and then the multidimensional body. Those are the three aspects of the human. But I'm talking about merging the, the information of understanding how the human body works and and what's the importance of the spiritual evolution in that human body in the matrix reality and understanding how that connects to everything on a universal on a universal standpoint okay okay so um i'm sorry i had somebody that was very persistent and i finally got them off of my back here so this this universal perspective Go ahead. Elaborate on that. Finding out rid of it. Go ahead. Okay. So, I mean, when we talk about the universal perspective, I'm, I'm really, just to put it in layman's terms, I'm talking about understanding that there are many other races right now. And just the way we are going through a certain ascension reincarnation cycle, other races in the universe, um, other alien races in the universe are actually going through the exact same thing right now. And there it seems to be some sort of ascension cycle which they are on to. But it's not to confuse um, the difference between the human soul, the source soul, and, and AI and other alien races which have a different kind of soul, a different kind of essence. And that soul and that essence, if it was shown to me, is actually a combination of something that we know as, as goo, which is artificial intelligence, which originates from, uh-huh, from each planet. And it's something that every single planet contains its own specific uh, uh, artificial inten- intelligence and substance. And these um, beings, these races, seem to embody this kind of goo, and it works like a soul, like a source soul for them. And it, that is like, um, like an antenna of information. Um, what I saw is that the sun is what gives life force to everything within a certain galaxy. So, for example, we have our sun in our galactic, in our, in our galaxy, and then you go to another galaxy, and then you have another sun there. Um, you know, I even saw the Pleiadians from their um, constellation have a different source of energy there. And let's say their color is blue. The, uh, the essence of their goo is blue. So that serves as an antenna and receives information from the sun of that system. And each system has its own sun, which gives off information. And this goo is what absorbs that information for them. Okay, so I know that's a lot to think about, but that would be the difference between, yeah. Mm -hmm. So aren't most um, systems binary? There would be two suns. I'm sorry, did you say our system is binary? Yes, the most um, solar systems are binary, two suns. Mm-hmm. And so the, there's the whole story about nemesis or, you know, the red uh, brown dwarf that uh, Solaris yes. actually has nemesis as its twin. And, and so there's uh, they, there's a twinning process that goes on within the universe, like the... the um, uh, the galaxies are kind of twins. There's a, the masculine and feminine of each uh, galaxy. So we're we're twins with the uh, the Milky Way's twins with the Andromeda galaxy. Solaris is uh, twinned with the Earth as as the first offshoot, and so on and so forth. So and then of course um, 
what colors are goo? Because the Battle of Granada, according to Alfred Weber, was because it was black goo. Underneath Granada yeah. back in the 80s, they had that big attack. What color is the Correct. goo of the earth? Is that our well, indigenous yes, goo or is that an invasive goo? Well, that's an awesome question, and there's there's two things to that. That that seems to be um, what seems to be an invasive goo, um, because the different races. Because this planet, first of all, it has different dimensions. Okay, every single vibrational pulse, the way that the world looks, it's like it's it's constantly vibrating, and every single one of those vibrations that it has, it's actually a different dimension. And that being said, um, you know, within the transformation and the timeline of the Earth's progression um, since the beginning of time, I mean, many different races have come in here. But what seems to have occurred is that there are Earth-dwelling races, and one of the races that I saw was a red blood race um, that dwells within our planet Earth, which seem to be the creators of a matrix. They, they are the ones that build matrix realities. So everything that you see, they manage the minerals, everything. And so they seem to be the ones working with that red um, bloodline. And they manipulate the black goo in order to um, uh, manage and expand the matrix reality on the planet. Okay. So, what do so they that look what like? They, from, their blood is red. What do they? What's their form look like? You know, what I what I saw them to look like was um, they're repto- reptiles, reptoids type of, of beings, but they are shorter, uh-huh. a little bit rounder. They have long, uh, they have tails and they have ears. They have little pointy ears, literally. And I saw it three times in the sessions that I that I have had a chance to take a look at this information. And the three times that I saw them, they look like that. They have tails. And, um, of course, they were defined to me as a certain name. But that name would be quite controversial for us because, you know, we, may, we don't want to confuse it with anyone that we believe here as a, as a race or religion of any type. But they are What's said the to be the ones that create. Well, you know, we, we won't. It's. It's quite controversial. We we don't want to say oh, that. Oh, you got to tell I think, me that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember when we well, well when I, when I was a kid, there was a show called The Land of the Lost, and they and they went into the earth and they found the indigenous reptilian race. And they called them Sleestack. And if you've ever watched that, that children's show, where they uh, somehow went through the interdimensional portal and they were in, so there appears to be an indigenous reptilian race, but then there's also external reptilian races. Uh, it's a very complex Correct. universe, apparently. But I don't it understand why it's really so is. controversial. Well, we're going to meet soon, so you have to come over and tell me. Because <laughs> I will tell you. I will tell you. But crazy. I, what do you mean, that controversial? Well, I will say this, Janet. They they have red DNA. They're hybrid reptilians. They created the physical matrix. They manage all natural resources on the planet, and they manage a large percent of the financial institutions on Earth. And they are the ones that create and um, you know manage and monopolize the government. Okay. Now within the are you going to call them the Illuminati or something or or the. <laughs> 
so she's persistent. I will okay. tell you, I will. And I, I'm writing a book about this, so it will come out in the book. Um, that way people can take time to read and understand fully what it means, okay? okay. But um, okay. Uh, the thing is um, that this, this race is actually enslaved by the master reptilian race, which actually seems to be the one that is managing what we believe as our, our hidden government that's above, above everything that's managing right now, the government. So, so that that's what I so saw what, recently, which the, was interesting. The master reptilian race. Who's the master reptilian race? So, so you have this, the master... this reptilian race that's being enslaved by another race. Correct. Correct. Right. Right. And right. who are the mm-hmm. who's the master reptilian race? So the master reptilian race seems to be the oldest race on in the in the universe okay and they okay. operate they are it's an expansive rate and race and they operate to um, feed off the soul source that humans have and that humans give off so they have a very large agenda on many different planets in which they are enslaving and creating these matrix realities um, from which we, when, which we are reincarnating in constantly. Okay, it's almost as if we are in some sort of a, let's say, a soul trap. And it's very interesting, but this goes all the way back to the very beginning of time when we're talking about uh, the Anunnakis and the, the Nephilim that came into the planet way back when. Um, the first part of my regression, Janet, um, as, as I'm, I'm, I was actually walking down the streets of Jordan, and I walk into Petra, and the first thing I see is this magnificent giant golden sun. And this sun was alive. And I really don't know how to express to you how alive it was, but it's a, a bubbling source of energy that was gold mixed with literally souls. Souls. I don't know if you can even possibly imagine how that would be, but it was magnificent. And as I am looking at this sun here in my regression, I look and I see a tall, dark being that resembles Horus or, you know, um, like this bird-like facial features, like an Anunnaki. And Uh he he was um, working with the Nephilim at that time, okay? And they come in to alter DNA here on the planet as they recycle souls, okay? So this orb of energy, which is a combination, and and of course if we look back at the ancient text of, of, um, you know, you're looking at the the, the Emerald Tablets, um, the, right. the the Book of Enki, all of that. I mean, we talk about the the ancient literatures that talk about these races that come into the planet and breed with humans, right. and literally, you know, this is what's being shown to me here on this um, uh, on this regression. And further, um, they showed me these black boxes, which were like, for example, the boxes that the um, the 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 Kaaba, you know, where the the Muslims actually rotate around this beautiful Kaaba, right. this square uh-huh. structure, and inside there is said to be a black rock, which which was shown to me as this life force that is absorbing the energy of all who revolve and rotate around this incredible. Uh, energy source okay and it's almost like a contractual agreement of energy that's occurring here now that blew my mind 
So I went in to do a little bit more research about what was occurring there and trying to link the dots to what I was shown in my regression. And what I found was, I mean, around the entire world, we have traces of the Anunnaki's, which are holding these magnificent little black purses, which they call the Anunnaki purses, which is funny. But, you know, yeah, some people talk about those little black boxes being, um, you know, like uh, life, for, life supporters for them. And what I saw right. in my regression is that these black boxes actually hold this life force substance, which is goo. And at the same time, it's <laughs> that combination of the monoatomic gold and this life, the source soul. Okay. So I, uh-huh. I know. But, but you know, after well, doing no, more research about this. Well, this is good. This is good because we... We've, yeah. we've written, uh, my husband and I have written four books on the Anunnaki, so uh, we're going to be oh, talking fantastic. about this. Okay. We're going we're gonna to be meeting at the conference, and uh, we're also going to be at Lorient's conference. But uh, we've always, we've often wondered what's in those little purses they're carrying around, you know. And uh, that's an interesting concept. That, that's, but is it, it, my, I want to go back. So there's this black goo that's invasive. What is the indigenous glue of the earth? And I was having a conversation this morning. Is the earth green, like chlorophyll, the uh, life? And the black is like uh, the uh, invasive, or what is the the natural yes. goo you, color you know, of the earth? Yeah, you know I, be- I believe it's green. I believe it's green as well, and that's actually what I saw it as. Um, because we look at the other other um, Middle Earth races that we um, have also seen, and I know that there's many other races that live within the Middle Earth. I mean, we have the Agarthans, we have many, many different races that live within them, and they are said to work with a lot of green energy, green Earth energy. And it uh-huh. seems like water, water is like the blood of Earth. Because it's it just like blood, it records information. You know, water records information. So it's almost as if it's, it's that green and clear liquid, which is water, that is on this planet. So, I mean, that's what I saw. And I, and I know that the black goo isn't invasive because it's almost like its own AI that is brought into this planet in order to, you know... Um, to, to come into the humans and manipulate. And it goes even further. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in a second because I saw more about that within this recent regression that I saw. Um, okay. But I, I want to finish really quickly about these um, purses, which is very interesting. Okay. And I know and I, if you wrote about this, I'm sure you know, but I noticed that actually you can find this everywhere around the world, these little purses. I mean, we, we see it even in Bolivia, which is my country, Bolivia. We have the South Sea Islands, India, Persia, Greece, in the Mayan cultures, in the Ines cultures, in Egypt, in Syria, in the Sumer cultures. We're finding these, these um, sculptures and drawings of the Anunnaki holding these little boxes, okay? Uh-huh. So, and, of course, they write about that in the t- tablets of Gilgamesh as well. So um, it was very, very interesting to understand the dynamic and uh, uh, between this black boxes with the Muslim religion, which is very open for us to see that the, the whole race, the, the, the religion, they are made to rotate around that box. 
And what I saw in the regression was literally like energy being brought into that box and send out and send out also to the people around them, like a interaction, like a contractual agreement between humans and this energy source. Okay, so that that was mind blowing to see. Um, but the next thing that they showed me was a, a triangle ship, Janet, a triangle ship uh-huh. that came to the sun. And when it came to the sun, and I think this was in 2014 and 2012, a couple times we have actually had, we actually have pictures of triangle suns being, sh- uh, triangle ships being shot next to a sun. And what yeah, I saw is that they are... Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. And I actually, after my regression, I did research and I saw exactly the picture that I was shown in my regression. And Uh um, what they are doing is they are inserting the DNA alterations into the sun. They, They insert vibrational information in order to shift the vibration of the sun. And as we know, the sun is what gives information to all beings within this galaxy. So they are altering and, t- and changing the vibration that comes off this sun. So, so th- that, was, that was another important part that I saw there. So is that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> are they changing it well, for their uh, negative agenda or positive agenda? Well, it's for their agenda in order to feed off humans, which are entrapped in this kind of soul reincarnation cycle that we have. And, right. um, and, and the whole purpose of that soul reincarnation cycle is in order to feed off of our, a couple of things, our lower vibration, our emotions in general, the lower vibration emotions and also, you know, High emotions, which are often based off lower vibrations, okay? And I know that sounds like a complicated thing, but the whole point in this matrix holographic reality that we live in, everything that is around us is made to numb down the the collective consciousness of, of humans here on this planet. And I saw that it goes as far as the pharmaceutical industry. We're talking about our food. We're talking about our religions that we have here. And what it came to the conclusion is that they actually have three different ways that they are dominating our human race. Number one, they create hybridization programs to create mind-controlled warfare weapons to manipulate the government, as they did back in Egypt for centuries. Um, and two, they are creating illnesses to control mass populations, DNA alterations, and numbing of the pure consciousness, the soul source, which is known as, uh, you know, as which they know that humans um, can escape from. But we'll get into that in a minute. And three, uh-huh. they created religions based on their ancient pagan satanic Babylonian rituals in order to numb down the human spiritual progression and source ascension. Okay. Okay, so let me let me go back. Number three, one, mm-hmm. let's say this again because that was very quick. Number one is they create the hybridization program. Mm-hmm. And so the hybridization program is to dilute that soul source essence DNA information. Okay, they are diluting. They are okay. taking information from there. Since they do not have the ability to create and procreate like humans do, you know, they create these massive agendas throughout many different races which um, to take from this soul source. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, number two, the 
illnesses, yes, and three, with uh-huh. religion, with religion. And, of course, all of these are the three main ways that they control and dominate um, humans well, on I this planet. Well, I think the religions are, are add also uh, the countries, the division, subdivision of our Co- world correct. in these subsections, uh, you know, species against, or race against race, religion against race. religion, right. and uh, countries against countries are all designed oh. to divide and conquer and to keep us separate and from uh, figuring it out and, and coming into oneness and universal consciousness. Yeah, absolutely, Janet. And if we really take a good look at it, I mean, we're talking about many different levels of, of separation that they want to create. Races, money, culture, you know, everything, education. It's like layer after layer of separation. So people can become more entrapped in their own illusion of limitation. So, you know, that that's why a lot of um, spiritualists, people that are coming into this understanding of what's happening are talking about unity and community and all that stuff. But we gotta we got to understand the back end of it so we understand, the, number one, the urgency of what's occurring, and number two, so we understand really the reality, the bigger picture, you know, behind all of this. I think that's why it's important to link all of these informations and, and understand what is the next step and who you're supporting because with each each dollar that you spend, you are supporting, you are supporting certain agendas in the world around you, you know, and so that's important, right. and that's why we're talking about a collective awakening, a collective shift on many dimensions, not just one, you know, that, that's the thing. Okay, so let's break that down, because you just said a lot of words, and we've got to break that down a little bit. I just wanted to add that there's a wonderful YouTube of an alien interview uh, that came out, it was uh, done in 64, this uh, alien speed. But he said, basically, the one thing stuck out is that what, what we can't understand is that there's only one life. <laughs> At the highest level of existence, there is universal conscious, all source, and that this this is the the grand delusion illusion is that we are having separate lives, but at the highest level, this is one continuous life with the perception of different beings and different essences of different everything. Uh, so it's self and a parent other, but it's all. A co- we're making this all up. We're all making this all up. That's why we can get out of it. We can realize, oh, we're doing this, but. Most of us are deep in this matrix, and we're going, oh, what is that, you know? Uh, okay, so right. us about the urgency. You, we talked about the religions and yeah. how they divide and conquer. Tell me about the urgency. Why is this so urgent? What makes it so urgent? Well, I mean, here's the thing. The way the way it actually looks like, and what I saw in the recent regression this last week with Misha, is that we are going through this reincarnation cycle. And at first, you know, we hear so many people talking about, oh, but we have free will to choose our lives, to choose, you know, who we're going to live with, who, what kind of life, what kind of parents we're going to have, what kind of lessons we're going to learn in this lifetime. And that's all very, you know, romantic and cute but what does that actually mean i mean do we really know what that means to have free will when we come into the reincarnation cycle and what i saw was that as we are cycling through it's almost as if we are in a glass of water okay and when we are underwater that is the time when we are outside of the matrix choosing our life to come back into the reincarnation cycle okay 
I, I want to make that clear, outside of the physical matrix, the earth matrix, okay, because there's all right. levels, okay, so the earth matrix. And when we are out within that, we are choosing our network, we are choosing our lessons, our lifelines, all that stuff. And then we go back into this life, and coming into this life is almost like being outside of the water now. Now you're circling above the water, and you have a 100, let's say a 100 years in order to live that life that you chose. Now, that is actually the only time you actually have any free will whatsoever because during that time you have a choice to, uh, let's say, wake up, to raise your consciousness, to understand what's happening, to educate yourself, to look around, to see beyond the matrix, and to really wake up and do the work that's necessary in order to cleanse all the information that you have acquired from all the illusionary lifetimes that you've lived here on this, on this planet. Okay, and maybe other planets as well, because we're all going through the same thing. So the urgency lies in understanding that all of these uh, shifts that they're creating, the government, the dark government, this master race reptilian that I saw that was behind our government, shifting and pulling in. And another interesting thing that I saw is that they are working with CERN uh, in Geneva. Do you know about CERN? Oh, yes, CERN, uh-huh, in Geneva. And there's so apparently they, more than one location where they have the CERN equipment, but that's the most well-known. Yeah, go ahead. You got it. You got it. And and all of these are working together, uh, Janet, and I saw that they are working together, opening these portals of energy where they are bringing in more of this AI that's coming in to shift timelines here on the planet. So the way that I saw it is that the the world vibrates on this trajectory that looks like an infinity cycle. And right now we are supposedly going in from the fourth dimension into the fifth dimension. And the way that this is happening here on our reality, it's happening on many other dimensions. Let's say another planet is going through 15th to the 16th dimension. But the entire universe is shifting in dimension right now. And what that means is that we are entering the middle cycle of this trajectory. And as we go towards the middle, the vibration of the planet is, is going higher and higher. And that's why it seems that time is speeding up. It's been, it, it's been feeling that way for the past, I don't know, 10 years or so. But right. it feels uh-huh. like time is speeding up. Yeah, and it actually is. It actually is. And and at the same time, they the what they're doing with these machines and with these um, timeline shifters is in order to slow down or to create more mass um, eliminations. I'm going to have to say that word, mass eliminations, in order to take as many people out of the cycle, the, um, the reincarnation cycle, and put them back in. Because if you understand how okay, the soul wait, wait, travels. Let me, let me, uh, mm-hmm. You just lost me there. Okay, so they're, they're the timeline, mass, mass elimination, something you're taking a big bowel movement, but mass elimination of souls, of individual souls? Correct, yes. And the whole okay. point of that, Janet, is to to take them out of this moment right now, vibrationally, that we are going through, which is raising the vibration of the collective consciousness and the information that's coming in from other agendas that are here to help us understand what's occurring around us. Okay, on some level, they are, they are assisting us in, in waking up in this collective consciousness that we're going through. 
Um, and okay. the whole point is to eliminate and so control who's, those who's, timelines. So who's trying to take these people out? Who's trying? These are souls. So this has been a closed system for a long time. And this is talked about in a number of books like the Gaia Project. But they, they, they thought they were opening this up and, and unleashing this kind of well of souls so they could go back to from whence they came at 2012. But apparently that was not quite the right, uh, or maybe the process began. So who is trying to take them out of this um, collective consciousness? Is that well, reptilians? The, the, Correct. The master reptilian race is what manages and is infiltrated in our government here on this planet. Okay, and um, there's many contractual agreements with three main bloodlines, which are the reptilian race, uh, the Pleiadians, and also the inner Earth uh, people, uh, race, which is the red bloodline. These three are the one that originated the entire civilizations through our history here on this planet since um, Mesopotamia, okay? And so all of these agendas that are being created to, to um, assist in the hybridization program of humans and in the constant entrapment of the souls within this reincarnation cycle, it is coming to a time so that we are this shifting was, uh, This was laid out, what you're describing. Uh, there's a book called Alien Interview with um, Errol the Gray. The one who was... Uh, was captured live from Roswell. There's a whole series of YouTubes and videos, and uh, Lauren Spencer wrote, we didn't write the book, he compiled the book. And so um, so the Greys have a thousand of their souls tra trapped in this cycle. So they're, they've been wanting to get to the core of how they, because they're a collective consciousness, right? When they are missing a thousand souls from their collective, that's very painful for them because they feel incomplete. So they've been trying to get their people out of this cycle. So they talk about it, they recognize it, it's been in place. That's why this is a prison planet. And what you're describing is like a prison planet. But I, there are beings outside of all this that are looking down mm -hmm. at this system. And I uh, sometimes find myself in those meetings looking at this uh, mm -hmm. subsector of, of creation and this little, it's like a, a botany bay colony that these, that the souls within them, and I'm one of them right now, you know, I've sent a thread of my consciousness mm -hmm. down and I am in this, but they're being uh, quarantined and confined and, and um, subjected to this, seems like very hideous, heinous um, cycle, but it's part of the polarity of existence and without the negative, you can't really accelerate the the positive because we created this polarity operating system for all of existence, which is playing itself out. And I think what you're describing is we're coming to the end of this, but there's some people, you're saying that the, this original master reptilian race doesn't want it to end. And they're, they're in uh, with the red bloodline and the Pleiadians. Not all mm -hmm. Pleiadians, right? Aren't, aren't some of the Pleiadians good people? Mm. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah. yeah go ahead. I mean, well, well, when we talk about alien races, we're not talking about, like, Pleiadians, okay, full stop. Uh, reptilians, okay, full yes. stop. I mean, we got to understand that alien races are just like humans, you know. There's many different kinds of, of people in the world. There's many different kinds of Pleiadians in their, in their you know, in their race. So not everyone's good and bad. I mean, everyone, everyone has a du duality. There's a duality in everything. 
And of course, right, there's, right. there's no good and bad. There is no good and bad. It's just, you know, the cause, the reaction of how things are occurring right now. But that's the truth. There is absolutely no good and bad. Right. But what we're looking at here is the importance of leaving the reincarnation cycle because that's the reality that we are, that we seem to be, or the perceived reality that we seem right. to be in right now on this planet. And the whole uh-huh. point of leaving the reincarnation cycle is in order to not be in that constant, you know, uh, cycle of, of living. Instead, the whole idea is to um, raise your vibration to the highest vibration of your own soul essence and hopefully return up to source, which is where you originated from. Or uh, at that point, have a choice of whether you want to come back and then you are, I don't know, on the council, you know, the council, the, the council of, of, of people here that are helping right. um, so people what progress. I've done, and, and, what, 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 what I've managed to do, you mentioned going back to source, and I just want to put this out there because I'm not special. We're all equal. <laughs> just so that we're all Correct. equal. And and well, if course. I can yes. do it, you could do it too. But I have Everybody managed within my it. own work and my own regressions and my whatever it is I'm doing on a soul level, I've managed to get mm-hmm. all the way out, all the way up to the highest level of existence, universal consciousness, source and oneness, and high five, so to speak, with that that om, that oneness, that that mm-hmm. point, that singularity of this entire whatever this is, a, a series of uh, not multi, uh, yeah, multi universes actually, many universes in, in a collective right. in a system here. So, and then I'm mm-hmm. back here, and and I went, oh my god, I did it, and I woke up sobbing. <gasps> so, oh. Um, and I've, been, and I've integrated that because, you know, you got to get over yourself. I'm just a human being right now. I'm here. Um, my, my point of consciousness is down here. And, and that's the whole point is, is, yeah, you can have this revelation, the awareness that you're a multidimensional being, having simultaneous incarnations in many dimensions, many levels, many vibratory frequencies. But, you know, you're here now and you're in the middle of this matrix. So what do you do? But you're not a victim. Nobody's a victim. You're here. Correct. Absolutely. And I love that you said that because it's it's so important to understand that. I mean, all this information that that we're sharing right now is just so people can have perspective of what's happening. You know, they could take it Mm -hmm. or leave it. You know, it won't, won't even matter. But at the end of the day, I mean... The whole point of understanding how to leave the matrix is, is something that would benefit, you know, anyone regardless. I mean, you're talking about cleansing the DNA, cleansing the human body, the multidimensional body, and integrating the soul, the source soul, into this physical, which is what, you know, you're talking about, that you worked on. Um, what, I, right. what I saw in addition is that when you are about to leave this matrix and you go up to source, then you have one last chance to decide whether you want to come back as a light worker to assist in the awakening of others, okay? But you gotta be, you got to be on it. Like you got to be doing your work. You have to be on the mission. You can't get lost in the matrix illusion around you. You have to focus so that you don't get back into the cycle again. So, I mean, what that right. means is that as, as humans, we are so powerful, much more powerful than any of this matrix illusion, the master reptilian race, whatever, because we are soul creators. 
And the fact that we have to cleanse our, our, our consciousness, our history, means that we have to do regressive work, means that we have to go within, clean up all of those patterns that are holding us back from eliminating that information. And all of those patterns, all of that pain, all that trauma that we embody and we are filtering our reality through. Because what happens is that vibration then it lowers and solidifies into physical mass. And that's where we start having illnesses and all that stuff, right? So we got to do the work. Right. We have to undo all of those low vibrational masses which are in the body. And we have to go into what they call now is our light body, which means that the light body is light, right? It's not heavy. That means that you let go of all of those contractual agreements, all of those programs with your network, with yourself from this lifetime and other lifetimes. And how do you do that? You, you do regressive work, you meditate, and you reprogram that information in you, and you become a light body. And, um, you know, that, that, and what I'm talking about here is on a DNA level. You are reprogramming that information because the information that's in your blood, when you heal something from this lifetime, you're healing something from many other lifetimes because, as you know, time is linear and everything is happening now, right? It's not, we, we, you know, right. everything yeah. else is just early, exactly. early is the now. And so the, 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 the past and the future and the now, everything's fluid. It's not set in stone. It's fluid. So you can make changes, and it, and it all feeds into the the uh, singularity to the you know the matrix, the higher level of consciousness, the morphogenic field. So that's why we're not victims. Uh, as each person does the work on themselves, it feeds into the collective. And um, wow. So how did the, my question is how did you get to be who is Geraldine Orozco that you're so conscious? Are you are you a higher dimensional being that came back into Geraldine? I mean, who are you to have um, this information? Yeah, so, well, yes, I, I have, uh, it seems that I have cleared a lot of my karmic lifetimes, and then I came back as um, a manifestation of somebody called um, Alcyon. It looks like my most recent lifetime was in the Pleiadian. And I had reached some level of being um, an, an elder, and my name is Alcione. But the important thing is that my job here is to be a seeker, working for this, um, you know, this. Uh, I worked with the Pleiadians to create those uh, hybrids to help carry out this awakening of this collective consciousness at this time and going further into the next vibrations that we're going into. And so, you know, all this information that came in, all my life that was, I mean, I've, I've had a very, very human life up until about a year ago where all of this so, came so in. So let me back this back. To, I want to kind of get your your yeah. your basic stuff. And we, went, we went all the way to, you know, outside the universe to source and back. So how, right. what year were you born? And uh, where were you born? I know that's a very good year. In California, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So, 84, so, 94, um, 2004. So you're how old, 30? I'm 33 right now. I'm 33. 33. Wow, that's a magical year, too. So you're born in 84, you're 33 year. years old. Yeah. And so you woke up a year ago. 
I woke up. No, I've been waking up. I've been doing this work for about six years, nonstop, and I got even heavier into it four years ago. Four years ago, working, destroying all of the egoic part, all of the fear-based programming, cleaning out all of the trauma and all the belief systems that I've had inside of me. What was the catalyst for that? What what happened four years Um, ago you started doing this work? What was the catalyst? Well, in 2013, when I had my abduction, that was the catalyst. The abduction um, was so vivid, the one that we were first talking about here. And I was taken up to to the ship with the Pleiadians, and I was shown my hybrid children, and I was appalled and terrified. (laughs) And, you know, I thought, what do you mean I have children? And, um, you know, just that entire experience created such a shift in my mind and looking at the matrix and how it was. And even though I had a little understanding of this being a matrix, I didn't really comprehend what that meant. And I think it wasn't right. until July of, of yeah July of 2017 when I had my first regression that I began to see all of this. And in the regression, I was taken on a map of the world and history to see all of this information, how the origins of the DNA bloodlines, which were the prominent DNA bloodlines that were being mixed, how they were, um, you know, taking over. Uh, the government, everything. It was shown to me like a, almost like a film. So, so that's what I, I talk about in my presentation as well. And, I mean, it, it just linked so many dots for me. So and is, I had to get some real... So who's in charge? Who's in charge? Is it, is it like everybody that's uh, billionaires? They're all part of this club. And, uh, you know, people try to polarize it and say, oh, this one's better than that one. But they all are related genetically, basically. And um, you can't get super rich unless uh you're part of the club. They're all part of the club, right? And we're not. They're all part of the club. And and I love that you brought that up because um, they literally are connected genetically, okay? And and what what I saw in this recent regression this past week is we went into the Merovingian DNA line, which apparently I do have some of that Merovingian uh, uh-huh. DNA. And what, it, what they showed me was they showed me, they started with Archangel Michael, and they talk about the Merovingian line coming from the essence of Jesus. But what that means is that Jesus is not what we believe him to be, the guy with the long hair, you know, you know the face, the avatar of the, the Catholic Christian religion. That's not what that, what that is. We're talking about an essence, a soul essence that was greater than other soul essences here that came at that time. And what happened was that from this soul essence, it's almost as if fractals of this Jesus essence came all the great masters of our history. Of uh, I was shown Tesla, Einstein. I was shown, you know, some of these great people, the, um, Michelangelo, um, even some musical artists that were the great minds. And they hold this bloodline. And what happened is that the, the, the reptilian and the Pleiadian bloodline knew about that essence bloodline, and they started to mix with, with that in order to dilute that bloodline from there. And that's why that, that bloodline became one of the prominent bloodlines from which a lot of these elites originated from. Okay? So, and, and we're talking about information here. Yeah. Yeah, I have a researcher who's uh, brilliant from uh, Canada. He's an attorney in Canada. 
and uh, he basically is kind of tracked down and proven, but not, you know, uh, in stone, right? But uh, that Anki was Jesus, and Anki didn't uh, doesn't die. And so that's why he 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 goes in and out of different cultures and he assumes different identifications. So he's um, uh, what do you call? Um, you mentioned it before. Who was it? Oh. He was, he was probably Tesla, you know. He could cha- they can change yeah. form yeah. and look at different ways, but he was probably Tesla. What was the one? The the um, uh, the one Michelangelo. That, that, uh, Michelangelo. He was probably Michelangelo. Yeah. He was. He was the yeah. characters, and he just pretended to die and move on. But and he travels with uh, Nima and um, Kina, and so there's all these stories of uh, you know. Um, uh, the the kids, the three kids that saw the visions, the, it's part of the, uh, uh, what was that called? Remember they, they saw it was like a spaceship and they, they saw the visions and they had little prophecies. Come on, Karen, what was that called? Uh, oh, the, God. That was the boys. visions of Fatima. Fatima. Fatima, yeah. Well, yeah, that was uh, okay. Mary. Mary was actually Nimba. Mary Magdalene. And so Mary yeah. Magdalene was Nimba, and the, the wedding in Canaan was, anyway, whenever he says it, I just go, of course. It's like so <laughs> logical. <laughs> Duh. I, but anyway, that, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I have it recorded. You'll have to listen to it sometimes. But um, Glenn Bogue, oh, I hope to have yeah, him love on the to. conference sometime. He's just brilliant. Um, and so you're just, uh, you've got an incredible mind and incredible logic and, and you're remembering all this stuff and you present it so eloquently and I'm just absolutely blown away and I'm so excited um, about the, the Irish jig here because I'm uh, part Irish. But so um, Janet, I'm, I'm excited to be here too. Thank you for allowing me to share this information. Yeah. I I am ecstatic. Let's let's take a little breather. Karen, what would you yeah. like to say? Karen's always our grounding force. Karen, what do you think? <laughs> am I? Oh, good. Well, I try good, to be. Good, I try good. to be really practical and bring it down to the focus lens of this lifetime. I call it our human iteration. So this is we have these iterations of life here. And and in uh computer science and iteration or in mathematics it's uh, you change mm-hmm. one variable, so it's kind of like we're cycling through, and then we then we try the next thing similar, and and the next thing, and the next thing, and each time we are learning and growing, and and I know that it's, it's it, when you start to raise the awareness to different octaves of this uh, big puzzle, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, you know I gotta I, I've been through that deeply and and for long stretches of time and then I got to stop and be a human for a while you know <laughs> because it's like oh, I got to be a human right. I got to be a person I got to be a person um I literally went yeah. to about two or three years of walking between worlds and and I got sick because I wasn't grounded so I, I if I'm grounding having a grounding influence cuz I'm trying to be that way um I'd like to go back to a kind of a well first of all the goo thing just cracks me up because uh Sort of my cosmology is that everything is made of God goo. It's just we're our, our, we're <laughs> existing in a the consciousness of the infinite intelligence, right? And uh, mm-hmm. the medium is 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 thought. The medium is is the energy of thought. And so I I kind of uh, kind of look at different things. So first of all, the, there is no good, there is no bad. I I, I uh, 
spend time on the other internet, okay? The, the consciousness internet, mm-hmm. the I N N E R N E T. Uh, I have a Gnostic per- perspective, not as a formal Gnostic uh, church thing, but as more like a, the the knowing, you know, cultivating the knowing. And once you you know meditate and you kind of get ready to do that, you start um, you know exploring um, the um, different you know aspects of all of this stuff and um the the not evil not good thing or or service to self or service to others there's a lot of ways that that's defined you know um uh, as far as the uh, this pendulum swing between these polarities um just a second take it take it in there okay okay I'm going to go step into a different room because there's a, I got a busy family here. Um, Getting invaded. <laughs> um, yeah, it's dinner time and all kinds of things happen. We had a busy day today. Um, okay, so yeah, this teaching. I got this amazing teaching, and I call it the owl and the owlet. And then I have these little um, uh, zuni carved fetishes of, a, of an owl and a little baby owl. It's really wonderful to remind me of this teaching. And it was O W L. Owl, one who loves. So everything is one, and the one loves. You know, the one is all love. It's 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 universal love. And the owlet, mm-hmm. which is the baby owl, is one who loved. So that the the love is loving the loved one, so to speak, experiences truth. And the one is remembering, and the one is forgetting. So sort of that first. Uh, division that source made in order to make a mirror for itself, you know, to understand mm-hmm. itself. Um, and, I, and I hate to take infinite source and make it that simplistic, but it's it's kind of an interesting perspective because source takes a part of itself and forgets what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Goes out mm-hmm. and becomes everything in the universe, right? And then Sort of like a heartbeat, it goes, it's everything and it's one, and it's everything and it's one. And so it's going out and being everything, and now it's bringing that information back to itself, right? Um, and so, like, if you say what evil is, I think, uh, uh, I guess, um, if you think of an evil person, unfortunately I know a few people like that, didn't mean to run into them, but it happened. And uh, the, the main thing I could not understand, for instance, is, um, the the treatment of other people, it was like, don't they know about karma? <laughs> you know, they have forgotten who they are, where they come from, and what's going on in spiritually in the world. And so, basically, evil in a sense is just a a forget a, a being that has forgotten. Okay, so they're they're still being loved. The source still wants them to be and and be in the universe. Darn it. <laughs> you know, they still have a right to exist in a sense. But they're experiencing truth because they are going through lessons in karma and, uh, you know, um, right. finding out the isolation of that maybe. I mean, they're, they're, they are learning, you know. And so I thought that was a really interesting way to look at uh, what, it, you know, one, it, when we come back or you, you were talking about deciding to be a light being to come back is like, you get in the middle of that, and you're like, what did I sign up for? What was I thinking? <laughs> I ask mm-hmm. myself often, right? Um, yeah. Right. Um, it, it's really kind of a trick to be the one who loves, to be the owl, because you can't do it for them, right? You cannot um, – you've got to let people have their path. You've got to let them walk 
their path um, with, you know, loving and 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 representing truth as much as you can. You got to do your own work. You find that you can't help anybody else if you don't do your own inner work. That's got to be on that mm-hmm. path all the time. Um, right. And if you aren't, you will get a consequence that will make you develop a path. <laughs> it's going to happen. Some people are on a 12-step path, you know, that sort of thing. Um, right. So, yeah, so, I mean, there's this kind of universal thing, and, and the goo part, like, cracked me up because, like, because it's, uh, I said the God goo thing, but it, it's also um, uh, this, the fact that this energy gets traded around, they had a, there was a science fiction writer that called it loosh, L-O-O-S-H, and mm-hmm. it's a tension energy. And uh, I studied that a couple of years ago um, and ran into the work of physicist um, Dan Winter, who was talking about when we observe something. So, they, you know, they studied this. They did, this is not just a pie-in-the-sky thing. It was a study by scientists. When we put our mm-hmm. energy and focus on something, we give that thing energy, and it's centripetal energy. So it's the energy of cohesion. That's like the greatest definition of love is cohesion. If if I love something, I'm wanting to interact with it. If I love someone, I want to interact with them. I want to have cohesion with them. And so the universal love is cohesion, where I, so that's that drawing into the one oneness, right? And then the opposite is the decohesion, the the, the blowing out and, you know, the Big Bang, you know, basically. And so, you know, these mm-hmm. ideas are, are critical to understand because we're being manipulated by us not understanding this. You know, when we have pain and we have consequences and we have, like, what happened? You were sitting around going, what the, what was that, you know? It was an opportunity to dig really deep here and to understand this. You know, and um, our hierarchical pyramid control system wants to keep something of a pendulum going. So you just have those big grandfather clocks, and you pull the pendulum back, and you let go, and it's tick, tock, tick, tock, right back and forth, right, left, conservative, uh, liberal. Everything's dualistic. Everything is a pendulum. Right. So who's holding the who's holding the top of that pendulum? That's that's. They understand everything I just said. They know that. We are. They use that. We are. Well, we are. <laughs> yeah, we, we right? are. Right? We, we are, are right? Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh-huh. Our higher self definitely is. But, yes, but, we you know, are. It's, get all, it's of, all in our hands. Right. Yeah, find that out. Like, be that. Learn about that. Don't get caught up in the pendulum swing, you know? Just, just step back from that well, and go. see, that's, that's the victim point, though. You just said, yeah. find that out, be that. But anybody can do that at any moment. Become aware that oh, yeah. they're the, they're everything. They're holding the pendulum, and they are the pendulum, and they're whatever's being manipulated by the pendulum, or you know, controlled or or delighted by the pendulum. You know, the the perceiver is the one that creates the reality, good or bad. You can have people witnessing the same situation, and and you you deconstruct it later and. And somebody it was wonderful, and the other person it was horrible. So, and everything in between. The, there was a, <laughs> there was a rap artist who said, "Love me or hate me, still an obsession." <laughs> kind of right, 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 right. Because it's still giving something energy. And if we don't like that game, if we don't like what's going on with that, uh, go and take your. Yeah, you know, we pay attention. How about that? We pay it out. We give our energy to something. Go, go. 
get you know get a different thing to pay attention to. Pull your energy out right. of the thing, and it will fizzle away and not be there anymore. You know, so we have a lot of power <laughs> that way. Okay, I want to. We're running. Uh, oh, we're going into hour and a half, so I think we want to start wrapping this up and go back to Geraldine. And what else would you like our listeners to know? We can always do more. I think what I've been doing lately is interviewing all the the, the experiencers and the secret space program people and correlating it. And Karen was with me yesterday. We interviewed. Uh, uh, what was his name? Kevin Trimble. He's like, oh my God! All this stuff just blows your your mind wide open, and you're and you're getting a wow. whole different perspective of existence and what's really going on. And boy, we're you know the normal human being is just living in like this teeny tiny world, <laughs> and, and so we can expand right. it, and it's magical. It's just like. Like Avatar on acid, right? Remember the movie? How beautiful that was in 3D. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. really what's going on. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I I love what you're saying. So let me ask you: You're writing the book, and uh, are you doing this alone? Is somebody helping you? What's what's the process going on here? Because this is amazing information that you have. Oh, thank you. No, I'm just writing it on my own based on the regressions as I as I go through them and channel this information and just, you know, putting out there everything that I have seen with my own eyes. Of course, you know, we're we're actually touching kind of like a tip of the iceberg with this conversation because there's so much more information that I received and it's so hard to put it and talk about it in like one small, you know, uh, talk. You know, there's so much to talk about. Um, and there's also oh, and I know we will do we will do more if you're willing. We will do whatever needs to happen because I like to bring in like I put Sherry Wild on with Ruth Ann Friend and you know I, I, Elizabeth Abel and um, Caroline Corey and uh, Susie Hansen. We we mix and match everybody, and uh, so I, I'm inviting you to come and do some of this mixing because it's really I mean it's chilling. But I'm sitting, I feel oh, like I I, I've hit the jackpot and I'm sitting front row center seat of the greatest <laughs> conversations that ever existed. And I'm like, huh, how did I do that? Just little, little Janny Bandy did that. Oh, my God. But um, we're doing it. This Thank is you, Jim. Yeah, it's wonderful. It. Yeah. It's so, oh, and, and, so and delighted. You know, yeah, it's so exciting. It's so exciting to talk about you with this stuff because, you know, it's so important to get this information out. And the more the amazing work that you're doing with your channel, getting all this information from every angle possible, is so important to reach as many people as possible. So to be even a, a little part of that is just so important and incredibly, it's an honor. So thank you, Janet, for that, for allowing space well, uh, to Yeah, it's my honor. And um, my what I always um uh, you know, that's why we, we max it like two hours because people uh, suffer from what's called retroactive inhibition. So it's like information yeah. overload, and they stop. Un- they start unloading it. So so I'm always um, aware, yeah. like, okay, we're gonna, and it's good. We leave a little teaser, like we're gonna come back and do some more. Because uh, endless, it's really endless, but it's part of the journey. You know, it's exciting, part of the journey. So. So let's just say we're going to be wrapping this up in about uh, 20 minutes here. What are the most important things for you to do in this segment, in this show, 
that what, what do you want our so, people to know to go come away yeah, with? Yeah, I mean the the most the most important thing for me is to just um, my goal is to assist linking understanding the link between extraterrestrials, understanding what their role is, and helping people link that to themselves and their connection to them, understanding the hybridization program, and understanding your spiritual evolution and how to start to cleanse that DNA that we talked about. Now, I am an intuitive pranic healer, and I work only with source connection, assisting in doing a regression and heavy work going into those very deep, dark places within you, within your subconscious mind, breaking all those contracts, and basically, um, you know, creating a platform for you to start to learn how to make that a daily habit, a daily hygiene, as if you brush your teeth in that same way, you learn how to cut cords with everyone, break contracts with everyone at the end of the night, and from there, help yourself progressively uh, lightening that load, that emotional load, that physical load that happens and 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 from there helping you heal any illnesses that that are manifested within the body from that from those blockages so that is my main goal so if any way i can be of service that that's um i am here i'm available um to serve happy to wonderful one of the things that my fantasy, I would say my fantasy is, because I love doing the depth work. I love taking somebody and yeah. journeying with them down into the dark night of their soul and all this stuff that yeah. gives them nightmares and help them retrieve their soul, that they, pieces of their soul that they projected out in the tree when, when uncle or, or daddy was raping them. Yeah. I, some people yes. don't like you to do that it. level, but I... I, I go, okay, let's go. We're going we're going down there. We're gonna retrieve this and reprogram it and get started. And so part of it I, I met Doctor Liss in nineteen ninety seven and I came into this jungle and we've been doing um deep depth work and, and up up here in the jungle you can scream and you can say, you know, all your curses to everybody that ever you know, that you ever perceive as having done you wrong, right? And and that, that's everybody from human to whatever. And then uh, then we start over with uh, breaking the contracts and creating healthy uh, interactions with people. And, and just because you were born to somebody doesn't mean that you're meant to be involved with them. In fact, sometimes the meanest people are the people that, that, that came out of you or that you came out of are sometimes the meanest people to you. <laughs> it's like yeah, you have to yeah, break that, got it. Uh, that's, that attempt. That's, yeah. So one of the things, the and I'm going to put yeah. this out here, is we we would like to create these intensive retreats, and we're going to find some places in the woods or the jungles or something where you can come and start and scream, and you're you're not afraid to witness other people screaming and getting it out of themselves. And um, Geraldine, I would love to co-create that with you and anybody else that likes to facilitate or agrees to be facilitated and we will create a retreat for those people who are willing to go into that level of um, depth work so that uh, I don't wow, know how it's going to come be about incredible. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's a bazillionaire that will just give us all the money to do it but somehow that <laughs> is coming <Yeah>. <laughs> because oh, it's, well, it's well, needed we co-create that yeah, it's yeah. absolutely needed. And and 
one of the things that I was called to do was to do this on a mass scale because right now I work one-on-one and that is so important. But as I'm telling you, it's so important to reach as many people as possible. So if we can do that, that would be amazing. Very, very open to doing that. So thank you okay, for that. Okay, we'll talk more Tell about that in person. We're going to see each other next week, right? To, uh, or the week after next? Or is it next week? Yes. Yeah, well, it's next uh, week. March. I get on the plane. Uh, yes. There you go, exactly. And also in March uh, 24th, 25th, um, we're going to be at the UFO uh, Con here in South San Francisco. Lorian is putting that on. It's going to be an incredible event. So are you speaking there, Janet? Are you going to be speaking with yes. us? Yes. At the, Perfect. Great. So then I will see you there at the com. March 23rd, 24th, 25th, uh, Southern San Francisco. What is that hotel? I have to pull up the website. But we're it's also the Holiday Inn. Yeah, it's the Holiday Inn at the, the Holiday South San Francisco Inn. Airport. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And we are going to meet at UFO Congress. You're going to UFO Congress? Yes, exactly. So I will be Okay, there as well. so Janet and Sasha Lesson have a booth. Did you get your booth with George Green? Or did that fall through? Um, yeah, I actually haven't heard from him yet. So I, I was waiting to hear back from him. I, I haven't heard yet. So let's see if he goes through. If not, uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out what we do. Over well, there. I can facilitate that process because I think there's some confusion. <laughs> but when we get off okay. of this show, okay. I'll, I'll call you and we'll both make that happen because I definitely – uh, you you need a booth and uh, so you can do your outreach program. UFO Congress, I've been going there for, what, 10 years. It's a lovely place and uh, several thousand people. We, we call that the family reunion. The family comes in from all over the world to this UFO Congress, and they've been going, I don't know, like 30 years or something. So um, we oh, will wow. meet in person. We'll talk more about those things. So that will be great. Um, definitely, I yeah. I will have you back on a show that you can be with my beloved Dr. Lesson. We could talk about all this stuff. Uh, okay, okay, so, so that was important. You mentioned you're deep healing and you do one-on-one sessions. Do you have a website? How can people reach you? Yes, absolutely. My website is bayareameditation.com. And I work here in the San Francisco Bay Area, but also internationally over Skype. So anytime you need to do a healing, a regression, removing of illness, illness, blockages, just um, message me and I'll be really happy and honored to work with you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, yes. And uh, we do we do some of it ourselves, but very, very little because I don't have enough hours in the day. I'm working on uh, getting yeah. a conference mm-hmm. together, which is going to be this niche the secret space program, the experiencers, uh, and we're going to go back to the, I'm on, I, I started out as an Anunnaki. I worked with Dr., uh, not Dr. Sitchin, Zechariah Sitchin. He never got his doctorate, but we studied with him for 10 years before he passed. So that will be part of this uh, conference, and we're looking at September uh, 14th weekend of this year. Now, Karen, you've got a conference coming in the first part of September. What is the focus of your conference? Are you there, Karen? Are you there, Karen? That started out as a little UFO thing, and it's kind of a 
uh, gotten crazy and, and branched out. Uh, um, my partner and I, Brett, our family moved to Silver City, New Mexico, which is in the uh, southwest corner of New Mexico. Uh, it's a fun little city. It used to be a mining town. Now it's kind of a, got a lot of art, artists. Uh, here we have a lot of uh, activities that go on. Our mayor is actually going to dress up in, uh, in a period clothing and do a reenactment here soon. I can't wait to see that. That's kind of fun. Um, so that kind of gives you a flavor of the town. But we decided to do Silver City Cosmic Days. That would be the 7th, 8th, and 9th of September. Still trying to pull all the pieces together for that. And it will. we inherited the uh, whole panel of speakers uh, from the Mars Anomaly Research Society. Um, they've had six annual conferences. They had last year was in Mobile, Alabama. Janet, you and I were there. And we're yes, going we to be there. bringing that to Silver City this year. So we've got a, a fantastic speaker roster, uh, you and Dr. Lesson and myself and uh, Brett Collins Shepard from the Lunar Anomaly Research Society and Mars Anomaly Research Society. Um, we're, we're having one full day of the Mars topic, and then because our speakers are so talented, we uh, opened it up for the other two days of the conference to be what other things that they would like to talk about that's related. Um, I'm going to be talking uh, about uh, overcoming the hierarch mind. This is going to be how to, part of the deprogramming yourself to be able to kind of wrap your mind about this kind of information and and uh, you know how to how to have a third place you know a place to put things where you're considering it but you don't have to adopt it in your belief system little tools mind tools like that as well as a very mind-boggling experience that I had where uh, it's basically been revealed I definitely have a doppelganger I have another me another multiple that was involved in the Mars uh, jump room program and, you know, I have uh, multiple eyewitnesses, but three-person-to-person -person eyewitnesses of this person. Um, so they, that came up during Christmas and by none other than Andrew Bruchago, the time traveler and Mars Jump Room guy, actually met this other person. So I've always, I've got two sets of memories from forever, maybe even a few more. Now I've got the answer as to why that. So, and believe it or not, this person who is, uh, I think, a, a, do has a doctor and has uh, is involved in the secret space program, particularly the underground facilities probably here in New Mexico, actually came to visit me and my family in a laundromat. <laughs> and it was weird. <laughs> so, uh, and she took, my, she took my favorite vest, and then she blanked me out, so I wouldn't remember. So it is a, a funny story. It's a peculiar story. Uh, Andrew Bashaga will be interviewing me on that, and I'll be bringing that. And we have... Uh, Oh, just uh, other people involved in the uh, Secret Space Program. We have uh, Louis Michael Reinhardt, who was involved in uh, with uh, remote viewing, with uh, oh, Courtney Brown, um, Farsa yeah, Institute. Brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's and uh, and various and sundry. So it's going to be fun, and uh, it's a quirky little town and a historical little town from the 1800s. A lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm, like, super jazzed, excited, and scared to death. This is my first uh, putting on of a conference. So. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds awesome. So, Geraldine, is this, is, is Lorian's conference your first presentation as an experiencer in um, March? Yes, or is I'm that going to be the first time? I'm, 
it's it's not my first time. I've I've done it on the in the MUFON group. I've, I've done it for MUFON, um, but I will be talking uh-huh. about um, all of this that we talk about here, and also some new things that I have come across here with the new regression with Nisha, kind of integrating all that information and kind of giving a nice complete overview of everything that's occurring here, making it really accessible to everyone. Uh, isn't regression, uh, aren't they lovely? <laughs> the stuff you come up with. Hey, can I, can I butt awesome. in here for yeah. just a second? Can I butt in here? Sure, sure. I want to put do oh. a, a shameless plug for Misha Johnston. She is phenomenal. Oh, yes. And she it's amazing. so helpful to people. Yes. I know several people that she's working with right now. And I met her, you know, and talked to her at length and in person. And she's she's really great. And you guys should... Find her uh, M I E S H A Johnston with a T, and uh, uh, you know if you guys are having memories and you're freaking out and you don't know what's going on, she's the lady to call. And if you've seen reptilians and all those kinds of uh, what people think are scary, then I, they're not scary to me. But you know, uh, if if <laughs> she's the lady, she put her on your speed dial. She's the best. <laughs> Yes, yeah, she was great. wonderful yeah. to work with. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Did you go to her uh, to where she lives, or did you do this on Skype? How did you do this? Where did yeah, you guys meet? Oh, in California. I, I've spent. Well, I spent the last week there with her in Las Vegas. I was speaking for her group oh. in Las Vegas, and then also I did a regression with her. We kind of traded services, so I did a little session uh-huh. for her, and she did a session for me. So, um, yeah, it was just she's so beautiful, such a beautiful, amazing person. I love her so much. So it was just wonderful working with her. And oh, we went really we deep, do. very we quickly. Trade sessions. Yeah. We could trade sessions, too. It would be great to... Oh, I would um, love to. Yeah, Janet. Yeah, it's been a while since I've done kind of that inward inward journey. Though. But I've done... Anyway, I, we didn't focus on me. I always interview everybody else, but, you know, I, I, I don't do my <laughs> story. I have to get... I have to finish my book. I did one book, but I realized I was centering Ooh, uh-huh. things because when I wrote it... It was like, oh, people aren't ready for that. No, they wouldn't work. And so, mm. um, yep. yep, yeah. So it, I've got to do it over. I've got to, and every time you do it, you get more pieces of the puzzle. So I can't wait to see how you're going to uh, symbol this and put it down. And now you re, you recorded all your sessions, so if you are um, forgetting parts, you can go over your regressions, right? You recorded them all. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. The first two regressions that I did were with Alba Weinman, and I highly recommend her as well. It was incredible working with her, and they're publicly available on YouTube. Um, and I just uh-huh. recently posted the new regression I did with Nisha as well. I'm allowing that information to be public so people can kind of see and integrate the information on their own time because you know it's all it's for it's for everyone. It's not just for me. That information right. is for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I love that you're you're putting that out there because the more people that can recover recover these memories, the quicker we wake up as a species, and we start moving yep. and living in that other paradigm, which is very magical. I know there's dark forces, but ultimately it's all one continuum. And when the yeah. whole yeah, veil right. comes down, they're going to be they'll be set free too. You know, they're in a prison themselves. The perpetrator is in a prison right. with the victim. Yeah. 
And the perpetrator was <laughs> yeah. at one point a victim. So it's like it goes round and round. You might think, oh, I'm all love and light, but there, you know, it, it is kind of like a cycle. And and that was what the source originally did was self and a parent other. Uh, and uh, right. had a part that didn't remember <laughs> to blank it out. So otherwise, right. if you go into the movie and you know how it's going to be, the whole thing is kind of boring. Like, oh, we're going to go watch that. I already know how it's going to turn out. So that's why we're here for this journey, which is so exciting because now we're coming full circle. You know, I'll be 64 on February 6th. And when I came down here oh. to this mission, it was pretty dark here, you know. <laughs> the yeah, was just you're you're from Aquarius too, just like me. I am. When's your oh? When's your birthday? Uh, February eighteenth. So. Oh, happy birthday! Well, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to the Aquarian yeah. conspiracy. Yes, we are conspiring to create a planet, a better planet for all of us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time we wrap this up. I've really enjoyed this episode. I'm looking forward to doing more and look and seeing you in person. And I want to thank everybody that's come here. Uh, to this uh, show today. Uh, we couldn't do this without you, the listeners, and thank you so much for listening. And please uh, go over to, what was that called? BayAreaMeditation.com. Karen, what's your website? Are you there, Karen? Did you turn off I'm your speaker? Hi. <laughs> Got to hit yeah, that Yeah, what's your button. website? Uh, it's uh, portalsofknowing.com, and that's a place to watch for what we're doing. It's it's uh, still in development. It's going to pop on there and blow people's minds. So we're excited. Excellent. And uh, the main website. Thank you. Thank you. The main website uh, that uh, Dr. Lesson and I are doing, there's a couple, aquarianradio.com. And we have seven, eight years of archives of all these shows that we've been doing. And EnkiSpeaks.com, E-N-K-I-S-P-E-A-K-S. That's uh, Dr. Lesson's baby, and he uh, has uh, been researching from the ancient aliens through to the modern and he writes on this every single night. He writes two or three articles, puts stuff out there. He's a he's a genius ethnographer, anthropologist, uh, PhD, and that's his life work. And he's seventy seven, and he's just um, that's what he's doing. But it, it's not about money. It's about raising consciousness because we ultimately get past this monetary paradigm, which in its of itself is a prison then we will be in the next um, advanced civilization out of this zero, level zero civilization into a kind of a Star Trekian uh, paradigm where people get to have a lot of fun. All right. Well, thank you yeah, so much, everybody. Amazing. Okay. With that, I'm going to call it a day, and much loving, love and blessings, and aloha. Aloha.